0: Welcome to the Financial Purpose Podcast. All opinions expressed by me, or guests of the podcast, are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Life Moves Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any financial or investment decisions. Clients of Life Moves Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. I'm your host, Dale Schaefer, and here's another great episode starting now. Let's go. This is episode twenty one. Welcome back! Thanks for joining me today. It's Fed day. The Fed announced a new monetary policy rate hike yet today, and uh, the market responded uh, negatively. It uh, did have a little bit of a sell off there at the end of the day after the Fed announcement. Uh, the primary indexes closed down about about a half a percent, maybe a little bit more. So not nothing terrible. Um, but what the Fed did is they raised interest rates another quarter of a point. It is the tenth rate hike in this cycle, which began in March of twenty twenty two so a little more than a year ago and um we're currently at a range of five to five and a quarter percent now I wanted to take a little bit of time to explain what that means uh what actually the Fed is doing when they're raising the Fed funds rate and maybe a little bit about what the Fed funds rate even does. So let's just start with where we are now. So March of uh, 2022, uh, actually, let me even go back March of 2020, the Fed cut the interest rates down to a range of zero to 0.25%. Now, here's what that means. The Fed funds rate is an interest rate that banks charge each other or other bank institutions um, to borrow money to meet their overnight reserve requirements. The reserve requirement is a requirement. It's based on a percentage of the bank's total deposits, and each of these banks are required to maintain interest-bearing accounts at federal reserve banks to ensure that they have enough money to meet their uh, requirements or depositor withdrawals or other obligations um so what happens is at the end of the day over a two-week average usually you're going to capture that end of the day balance and uh, if a bank looks like they are going to be in a surplus position they can lend money to other banks who looks like they might actually be short um, and the rate that they lend each other is a negotiated rate that is in that range of five to five point two five percent which is where we currently are now after today's uh, fed funds hike there's another uh, rate that I won't go into in this podcast. It's called the discount rate, and that is the rate that these same banks can, uh, that they can they can borrow money from the Federal Reserve itself, um, but its rate is going to be a little bit higher uh, than the Fed funds rate, and so it's often less expensive for banks to borrow from each other than it is to borrow directly from the Fed. Now, the reason that the Fed... Is moving these interest rates is because it's one of the tools that they have for controlling monetary policy now the Fed and the Treasury control monetary policy and uh, Congress and the executive branch control um, fiscal policy and so there's a big difference there so with monetary policy the Fed really has two mandates The first mandate is that they have uh, control of price stability. Now this is inflation. Now we've had high inflation for a long period of time. We really have had inflation cooking up for about a little more than two years now. We were told by the Fed that they thought it was transitory in 2021 and we now know looking back that if it's been around for about two years it's not transitory. Now currently the fed's target is two percent which i happen to think is a little bit aggressive but it's still their target and that's what they're going to try to pull us under prior to the pandemic we were under two percent for quite some time so we'll see if we can get there the targets two percent We're currently at somewhere in the neighborhood of just that five percent a month ago it was a little higher just over six percent one year ago we were at eight and a half percent inflation and then of course in june of last year, we saw it took all the way up to about 9.1%, and that was the peak. So we're way below the peak inflation. We're getting closer to the target range, and that's probably because the Fed's been moving interest rates now. This is the 10th time, as I said earlier, that they've raised rates over the past year. And um, and so uh, hopefully with this, they're, they're going to bring that inflation back in line and the way that they bring inflation in line is by uh, raising the rates. It makes it a little bit more expensive for us to borrow money. Uh, the Fed funds rate indirectly influences things like mortgage rates, car rates, uh, the U.S. prime rate, which is what car rates and credit cards and home equity loans and that kind of thing are based on. And so the more expensive it is to borrow, the, the less likely it is that we're going to do that. It also does cause some um, some slowdown in Uh, business expansion because of the need to borrow. And typically, that's also going to start to have an impact on the unemployment market, which is the second mandate that the Fed has. And that's maximum sustainable employment. So the first one is price stability. Second one is maximum sustainable employment. Now, their target for an unemployment rate is four and a half percent. We're currently somewhere around the neighborhood of about 3.5%, so we are lower than their target. And, uh, and so what that means is that by raising rates, we're starting to see some companies uh, do layoffs, nowhere near uh, anything close to the average rate of, of layoffs or, or unemployment, but we're starting to move that direction. So by tightening monetary policy, by raising the Fed funds rate, the fed is, uh, we believe they believe that they are achieving the goal of getting back to their targets. So again, price stability, which is an inflation target of 2% and max sustainable unemployment, which is a target of four and a half percent. And we're off on both of those, but we're, we're getting there. So another way that the fed can do this, uh, that they control monetary policy just as, as an aside is through uh, what they call open market activities. And so, um, They are open market operations is the technical term. And uh, what they do there is they can either uh, go out and they can buy financial securities, bonds, uh, different instruments like that. They actually started buying equity securities uh, in response to the pandemic, which was the first time that they had ever done that. So when the Fed is buying securities, they are putting money into the market and there's a free flow of cash. Um, And typically when they're doing that, they've also cut rates at the same time. And so that is supposed to be stimulus. That is uh, very, very conducive to uh, easy credit, cheap money, and a lot of expansion. And we saw that happen over the past three years. Now, since March of 2022, we've seen some of that start to slow down. Um, We've seen a lot of the froth come out of the stock market, especially we've had a price correction uh, for most of 2022 in response to uh, high inflation and Fed monetary policy or the Fed starting to adjust monetary policy. We're seeing things stabilize as far as uh, the markets are concerned. But what's been really interesting is that right now, uh, one of the places where we're seeing a lot of money go, uh, it's actually coming out of bank accounts and some out of the stock market. Actually, money came out of the stock market a year ago. We're waiting for it to come back in in a lot of cases. but that money, instead of going back into the stock market, it's actually, or even sitting in a bank account, it's going into something that's paying a higher yield. And those higher yields are based on short-term rates because right now we're in a situation where, uh, anything that is within one year of maturity or even two year of maturity, the yields on those or the interest that is paid to you on those bonds are way higher than the interest paid on longer-term bonds. So, for example, as of right now, the 10-year yield, which is widely watched uh, as the Fed has been moving rates around, is currently at about 3.379%. Uh, um, and the two-year, these are Treasury notes, by the way, um, the the two-year is at... Uh, So a two-year treasury note, 3.873%. And a 10-year treasury bond, 3.379. So it makes sense that you would put your money into short-term bonds because you're going to get a higher yield, which will result in a higher total return for now. Um, And it makes sense to go there than it does into anything that's longer term. In fact, if we look at the uh, what we call the the uh, the funds flow uh, into and out of investments through the first quarter, um, a significant amount of money went into money market and uh, it went out of things like large growth funds. It went out of uh, what we call allocation mutual funds, which is where you're going to have a range uh, where that fund will rebalance somewhere between 50 to 70 percent equity and the rest in in bonds and cash and things like that. So we're seeing money come out of equities um, and flow into high-yield money markets or into other type of bonds that pay these higher yields. So um, it, it it's really kind of an adverse effect of where the, the Fed Fund's rate uh, is and where it has gone. So uh, we're seeing... As I said there there is an adverse or or an indirect result when the fed raises the fed funds rate to what you and I pay when we borrow money so right now um you know we're looking at a prime rate that's at about eight percent the prime rate is usually how uh or what what is what is used to set things like car loan rates HELOC or home equity line of credit rates or other kinds of lines of credit rates credit card rates It's all based on the U.S. prime rate, so that's currently at 8%, which is relatively high. Credit card rates have gone up. Uh, Mortgage rates are, especially for a 30-year fixed, is still, in a lot of cases, just kind of as the base rate. We're looking at 7% or better. There are some programs out there where you can get lower rates, and there's a lot of activity to try to spur that uh, along, and, and lenders are getting creative as far as how they can do that, but mortgage rates are still high. Uh, car loans are doing okay. They're in the range of about three and a half to maybe five and a quarter, five, three eighths, something like that. And, uh, and it's all because the, these yields are, are quite high and the Fed funds rates high. So we'll see uh, what the Fed is going to do. They have changed a little bit of their language. Uh, I heard so uh, and I'm just looking through my notes because I know I wrote it down. There we go. So uh, this is today was the third uh, Fed meeting of the year. It's the third time that they've hiked this year. As I said, this is the 10th in the cycle. Uh, They'll meet again on June 13th and 14th. But what uh, Fed chair Jerome Powell said uh, in a one line is he said that they are determining whether additional policy firming may be appropriate and that's a language change from the march meeting which is where he said that they anticipate that additional policy firming may be appropriate so those words have a lot of weight when you say that we're anticipating raising rates again and and now they're saying we're determining whether or not we're going to need to and there's a lot of data that they're using uh including things like inflation and unemployment rates to make those decisions um It's kind of interesting because of some of the banking concerns that we've had uh, over the past uh, couple of months. I mean, of course, the big one was Silicon Valley Bank. And then uh, just over the weekend, just this past weekend, today's uh, Wednesday, May 3rd, I'm recording this, the stock market has just closed about 20 minutes ago. And, um, you know, we saw First Republic Bank over the weekend gets uh get completely swooped up and its assets were acquired by uh JP Morgan Chase Bank. So it's um you know this is all in response to what the Fed is doing. I mean some of these banks uh were finding out that First Republic was doing some really interesting things. I mean they were lending at like stupid mortgage rates for certain borrowers and um you know of course we we know that Silicon Valley Bank a lot of their issues stemmed from um from having their, their uh, deposits secured by 10 year treasuries, um, which have lost a significant amount of value over the past uh, year or two. And so that just means that they're sitting with, they were sitting with, I mean, a couple of, I want to say a number, but I won't because I don't remember the number, but it was a lot, I mean, like billions of money sitting and um and sitting at a loss basically so they would have had to start to unload their balance sheet at a loss to try to shore up the bank and um and of course it's very easy for especially now the speed of communication with some of the tools we have um all it takes is somebody with a a, a good twitter following to just say hey i'm starting to get concerned about my money at my bank and then boom you start uh, potentially a bank run so it's a big deal the Fed and the FDIC and the U.S. Treasury Department have stepped in and they've, they've shored up these couple of situations and, they, and they've had them under control very, very fast. And uh, today, um, Fetcher Powell did address the banking system and he says that he believes that the banking system is firm. And I'll tell you, I also believe that. I don't think that. The sky is falling. I don't think you need to pull money out of your bank accounts. I, I don't think that we're in any kind of banking crisis. Certainly nothing at all like we saw in 2008 and for a lot of reasons. So we're not there. We're not revisiting those time periods. That That's not a thing. But it is somewhat influenced by by the Fed funds rate. And, and I just want to say one thing. Let me go back to uh, the Silicon Valley Bank thing because there was a report that came out over the weekend about that and um and what was cited in that report was not only they had some mismanagement of their capital but they also had a failure of regulatory uh action and so i just want to say you know there's a lot of uh, accountability when when these things go wrong i mean the managers rightfully so uh, lose their jobs depositors lose money they lose stock value Um, now the, the FDIC made those depositors completely whole by the way. Um, but we all lose when this happens and the regulators failed to do their job by regulating Silicon Valley bank. And where's the accountability for the regulators? I, I, it just seems that there's all, there's often a lot of, of pain that gets dished out, but not to the people who are, um, who are dishing the pain in that fall down on their job. So anyway, that's just my personal opinion. Um, that's, and that, That's pretty much, I think, the wrap here on the Fed Funds rate. I hope that this gave you a little bit more working knowledge of exactly what that is and what it does. Um, again, what remains to be seen is how we will continue to see changes in borrowing rates. I mean, the mortgage market is definitely important. I mean, we're back to a situation where we are uh, we're low on inventory for houses so there's not a lot that's happening for the housing market but we still need people to uh, have housing there's still people who want to buy houses there's people who want to sell their houses but it's very difficult to buy a house at six and a half or seven percent interest especially given that housing prices are still relatively high um and the math just doesn't work out well there i mean it's not like in some parts of the country there there are no such things as starter homes Um, it's just very difficult to find anything like that. Certainly here in the, you know, the, the, uh, the Phoenix Scottsdale, you know, Gilbert, all all of our Mesa Tempe, like all of our little cities around here. Um, a a starter home is not what it was, you know, 20 years ago. Um, actually in this area probably was because we did have a, a climbing real estate market headed into the great financial crisis, but, uh, let's say 10 years ago, right? It was much, much easier for uh, many people to get houses and that's because rates were low and prices were low and uh, and we've they, they were steady until the pandemic and then everything went out of whack. So right now it's very difficult to buy a house. It's also very difficult to think about selling your house, especially if you refinanced over the past couple of years and you're sitting with a mortgage that's in the 2 or 3% range. Why would you give that up for uh, a more expensive home it's going to cost you significantly more to maintain at a six or seven percent interest rate. So, it's um, the math on on housing just isn't working that great as of right now. It's not that attractive, and uh, and if we see the Fed pause rates or if we see them actually cut and and mark this one because I do believe that they will be forced to cut at some point within the next year and 100 percent before the election next year. Market. I said it today is Wednesday, May 3rd, write it down. I am often wrong. I am never in doubt as my mentor, Carl Richards says about himself. And I absolutely resemble that statement. And we actually use it around the house. And uh, and Melissa will tell you that I am often wrong, but I am never in doubt. And on this one, I'm fairly confident that we will see interest rates cut over the next year. Who knows by how much? I don't know. I mean, I certainly a year ago would never have expected to go from zero to 0.25 all the way up to five to 5.25%. I mean, that's a 5% increase in just about, uh, 11 to uh, actually let's call it 13, 13 months or so. Um, and that's a big increase. So we'll see how it, how it plays out over the next uh, couple of months in the economy. And we'll certainly find out what it looks like in the June meeting. So I'm going to Forecast because my crystal ball is not working. Uh, it never really does. The darn thing is just broken. But anyway, I'm going to forecast that the Fed will, they'll stay pat or do nothing uh, for the June meeting. And um, we'll see from there. So that's it. That's my little overview of Fed funds rate. If you have questions about the Fed funds rate or want a little bit more information, there's great articles. Um, I used resources to just kind of freshen up on some of this stuff. Uh, investopedia.com is a great source um, for anything that you want to know about the financial markets or financial products or financial terms. It's, uh, it's wonderful. So investopedia.com um, or you can drop an email to info at And uh, I'll be happy to chat with you there and answer any questions that you have. And by the way, please do send in your questions because the one thing that I know to be true is that um, we all walk around and carry financial questions. A lot of them don't get answered, especially if you're somebody listening to this who doesn't have a financial advisor because sometimes you're going to think that you can't get those questions answered because you're not already a client of that advisor or maybe you're, you're not sure if you're ready to be a client or maybe... Maybe you are ready, but you don't think that you qualify. So I think it's great if you can get your questions answered before you become a client. Right? Novel idea. It's a free sample. Uh, who doesn't love free samples? So if that's you, if you're, you're walking around with financial questions, please drop an email. Um, this is a judgment-free zone. I'm happy to take any question that you have. I'm happy to answer it to the best of my ability. There may be a, a limit where I just can't answer questions because I don't have enough information about you or the situation, but uh, but let's give it a shot. So info at lifemoveswealth.com. Send your questions there. Also, if there's something that you want me to cover on a podcast, if there's a, a financial topic or a term, you can send that there as well. So that's it. Until next time, take care. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Learn more about your financial purpose at lifemoveswealth.com.